Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org. In the brand new year of 2020, and uh, usually in each year brings in a traditional New Year's resolution. I'm not going to ask anybody if you made New Year's resolution. Uh, or, or even if you didn't make a New Year's resolution, uh, at least it brings in some type of a nonverbal mental desire to shift our priorities around a little. Whether it's in our, our finances or in our weight or even in our devotional life. Uh, and if you're one of those who didn't, didn't make a resolution or didn't think about a resolution or didn't think about change in your life, maybe you need to do a self-evaluation to see if you've become comfortable with status quo or mediocrity. Or maybe you just nailed it last year and there's no need to change this year. Whew. Amen. If you are, I want you, your autograph if you just nailed it and nothing needs to change. Amen. But nevertheless, the word resolution intrigued me this year, so I looked it up. Now, I'm, I'm already preaching. Don't wait on the text. You're already in the book of Matthew. We're going to go there in just a minute. But uh, the word resolution intrigued me, and it simply means to reach a firm decision. And, and to go just a little bit deeper, it means to reach a decision and to make a declaration based on that decision. Uh, a lot of people make fun of people. You know, and, and, and just chide people who make New Year's resolution. You know, but I kind of admire them people. At least they got hope. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, if we don't even make a move, then it says we're kind of feel like we're stuck where we're at. But what interested me is the st- second definition of resolution is uh, from a, a, a technical point or a, um, what do you say, a TV screen point maybe or cameras. Uh, and resolution means a measure of the sharpness of an image. Yeah, so resolution is also about focus. Somebody shout, shout focus. All right, I need y'all's help this morning. So when we marry these two definitions, you get the word resolution, which simply means to reach a firm decision with a bold declaration to refocus and reestablish my priorities. Can y'all buy into that? Amen. So if you, you marry these two definitions of, of, of making a declaration or decision and marry uh, and, 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 and just refocusing, then you come to the conclusion that I'm making a firm decision and not only am I deciding it, I'm making a bold declaration that I'm going to refocus and reestablish my priorities. All right, are y'all ready to go? Now, uh, I wanna, I'm going to help you with some stuff that could change this whole new year for you. The, re, the re- requisite of establishing priorities that lead to success in your life is first reestablishing the value of that priority. Now, we're going to deal with that uh, just a little bit later. But right now, as the lead pastor, I want to give you a prophetic word for 2020. Amen? You ready to receive this? You're going to want to write this down. You better record it in your phone. This is a prophetic word of what your 2020 is going to look like. 
This will be a year of addition, prosperity, and success. Boy, y'all can't shout over that prophetic word. This will be a year of prosperity, of addition, and success. Now, don't leave this part out. All of which will be contingent on how you set or refocus your priorities. Can I tell you something? Every promise in the Bible comes with a a contingency clause. It scares me when prophetic words come and they don't have a contingency clause with them. Every promise in the Bible has a contingency clause. And what I mean by that, amen, that the promises are in the contract. They are in the will. The provisions are in the will. Can you say amen? But certain actions always have to be taken before they can be accessed. Uh, Write down Joshua 1 and 8. I know we're headed to a text, but you just write it down. Stay with me and I'll read it to you. Joshua 1 and 8. Matter of fact, it's on the screen. It says, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate therein day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then, somebody shout for then. For then you shall make your way prosperous and then you shall have good success. In other words, your prosperity this year, your success this year will be contingent upon what you focus on this year. It'll be, it'll be contingent upon uh, your focus and how you establish your priorities. So this passage of scriptures we're fixing to uh, dive into, and I usually don't preach on this manner. We're going to kind of preach through the scriptures. This whole passage that you're turned to right now in Matthew chapter number six is about shifting values and reestablishing priorities. It's about refocusing. And what I want you to see from the beginning as we begin to read, this passage of Scripture is coming straight from the mouth of Jesus, reveals two realms, each of which, one of which is ultimately going to master our lives. Jesus is going to prove it to us. It's, it's two realms, the earthly realm and the heavenly realm. Are you ready? Matthew chapter number 6, beginning at verse number 19. It said, this is the, uh, a message of Jesus now. He said, lay not up for yourselves treasures upon the earth where moth and rust does corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. Verse number 21 for where your treasure is, there will your, be, your heart be also. Now the word treasure means something of great value. Not necessarily money or even material stuff. Your treasure is anything you put a high value on. So Jesus is saying, uh, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm commanding you to shift your values from an, uh, uh, an earthly focus to a heavenly focus. Why? Because your heart will always pursue what you put the most value on. 
Go with me now. So, so the requisite, amen, this is the words of Jesus, y'all. The requisite of reestablishing priorities is reestablishing its value. Matter of fact, let me help you. Resolutions always fail and become frustrating when you try to reposition the activity without reestablishing its value. Amen. Can y'all buy into that? Can you receive that? I'm going to help you keep resolutions. Amen. Let me tell you, I'm going to say it one more time. Resolutions will always fail when, and, and become frustrating a month down the road or two months down the road when you try to reposition a good idea without reestablishing the value of that idea. Why? Because the mind can contain an idea, but it takes the heart to sustain it. Oh, I need somebody to get that down. I said, I can come up with all kind of good ideas, but if my heart ain't in it, that ideal will not sustain my new vision. In other words, here, let's, let's put it this way, and we're just going to deal with eating because uh, we all eat. And some of us eat a lot. In other words, your resolution may be to eat healthier. Well, that's a really good idea. Uh, right? That, that's just a good idea to eat healthier, which the mind has no problem containing. But if I just start trying to eat better because it's a good idea to eat better and I fail to raise the value of eating good, then I become frustrated. It becomes frustrating. Amen. But if I will raise the value of eating healthy, then my heart starts pursuing what my mind has decided. See, this is where religiosity will kill you. Religion's a great idea. Amen? Godliness is a great idea. Living holy is a great idea. But if it's just an idea and I don't raise the value of a godly life, I get frustrated and I, and I fail at being godly. That's what he said here in Matthew 6, 21. He said, for where your treasure is, there is where your heart's going to be. Whatever you put value on, your heart is going to pursue it. Uh, uh, matter of fact, in the past, uh, another translation, listen to this. It says, for your heart will always pursue what you value as your treasure. I'm going to read that again. Your heart will always pursue what you value as your treasure. So your resolution may be a deeper devotional life with Christ. Your, 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 your new leaf you're turning over this uh, year may be a closer relationship with God. And that is a great idea. But if you don't raise the value of a deeper relationship with Christ or getting closer to God, you'll end up frustrated. Why? Because your heart will only pursue what you value as your treasure. Uh, let's go a little deeper. Amen. This is why the New Year's resolutions fail. It's because we admire the idea more than the activity. We, we, it's easy to come up with all these good ideas. But it's a whole new ball game when we start trying to follow those ideas. So this is why Jesus said, lay not up for yourselves treasures on earth, but rather lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. In other words, shift your value from the things of this earth to the things of God. 
In other words, Jesus is commanding us, I need you to reestablish or shift your values, not just your ideas. Okay. Well, how do we raise the value of the things of heaven? How do we raise the value of spiritual things? He said, lay not up for yourselves treasures upon the earth, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. For where your treasure is, there will be your heart also. He, he, and then right after that, he starts dealing with focus. Look at verse 22. He's establishing value, and then all of a sudden, he shields from that and starts talking about focus. Matthew chapter number 6, verse number 22. It says, the light of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye be single, then your whole body is full of light. But if your eye be evil, your whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is the darkness. So in other words, it says the light of the body is the eye. In other words, your whole body is governed by your perceptions. Your whole body is governed by your focus. So when your focus is right, your whole body's right. Amen. He said, if your eye be single, your whole body is full of light. Well, that word single means clear. It means clear. It's the opposite of uh, being cloudy. It's the opposite of double vision or cloudy vision that's out of focus. So when your focus is right, he said, your whole body gets right. But if your eye is evil, then your whole body is full of darkness. Well, that word evil means unsound, cloudy, having double vision, trying to focus on two things at once. Come on now. I'm going to teach you how to, how, how to step into a life of prosperity, addition, and success. He said, if your eye be evil, well, we automatically think that means really bad stuff, but it really just means cloudy. It means you got double vision. You're trying to focus on two things at once. Amen? Look at your neighbor right now. Uh, uh, look them straight in the eye and try to focus on something beside them. Huh? Look at their hands. Look them in the eye, but look down at their, let your peripheral look at their hands. If you got a Bible in there, look at one. And, and, and if you'll notice, whatever you're focused on is clear and everything else is cloudy. Right? Because your eyes are designed to focus on one thing and one thing at a time. He said, so if your eye is evil or if you're, uh, if you got double vision, Amen. Matter of fact, can y'all cross your eyes? Cross your eyes. Cross your eyes. When you cross your eyes, your eyes are trying to look at two... <laughs> Taylor, you're doing a good job. It's looking at two different things at the same time. <laughs> Scott, come back to me. Amen, you're killing me. <laughs> Did you notice when you cross your eyes, it gets blurry? It gets blurry. And he said, if you're cross-eyed, or if you have an evil eye, or if you have double vision, you're trying to focus on two different things. And he said, when you try to focus on it, they both get cloudy and they both lose their quality. 
It's like a camera. I wish we, we, we were able to do that this morning, but we're not. It's like a camera that you turn the resolution. And if it's, if it's cloudy looking, you can see it, but you can't see it really well. So you've got to refocus that thing until you see clearly. Amen. He said, so if you have a single eye and you're focused on one thing and it's the right thing and it's on heavenly things, he said, your whole body going to be full of light. Your mind's going to follow it. Your health will follow it. Your prosperity will follow it. Are y'all listening to me? Amen. It, it, it'll follow. And uh, he said, as a matter of fact, you raise the value of a thing by focusing your undivided attention on it. I'm going to teach you how to raise the value. How do we? He's, that's what it means to have a single eye. You raise the value of a thing when you focus on it. Uh, write this down, Colossians 3, 1 and 2. Oh, my Lord, this stuff is really helping me in a tremendous way. I hope you catch it like I've got it. Colossians 3, 1 and 2 says, If you be risen with Christ, focus on what? Seek those things which were where? If you then be risen with Christ, <laughs> seek those things which are above where Christ sits at the right hand of the Father. And what? Set your affection on things above, not on things of the earth. Yeah, that, that word, set your affection, actually means to exercise the mind. To be mentally disposed in a certain direction. To be mentally disposed in a certain direction. It means to intensely in interest yourself in one phenomenon. Set your affections on. Matter of fact, listen to this. To set your affections means to curb or rein in your mental faculties and feelings and point them in a certain direction. He said, let me show you. He said, I'm telling you, you got to set your focus on heavenly things, right? Not on earthly things, all right? He said, because where your treasure is, that's where you're going to be, uh, your heart's going to be. In other words, whatever you put value on is what your heart is going to pursue. And then he goes to saying, amen, uh, how you raise the value of a thing is you focus on it. You focus on it. You can't be focused on two different things and have the same quality that thing can possess. He said, focus, set your affections, curb your uh, affections, rein in your feelings and emotions, and be mentally disposed in a certain direction. It means to own purpose, uh, uh, intensively interest yourself in one object. Think about it. Whatever you focus on the most becomes the most valuable to you. It is. Huh? Uh, uh, um, 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 horses. Got a cowboy back here in the back. Hunting. Fishing. Football. Are you listening to me? Anything. Just name it. Whatever you set your mind on, whatever you set your attention on, as you focus on it, you raise the value of it. So you raise the value of a thing by putting it first.
Listen, listen to me. Whatever you spend the most time on and pay, somebody shout pay. I'm going to say that phrase. Whatever you spend the most time on and whatever you pay the most attention to automatically starts appreciating in value. Because when you're spending time on something and paying attention to something, you're investing into it. And the more you invest into it, the more valuable it becomes. Your devotion to God, Christianity, the things of God start losing their value when you lose focus. Can anybody just wave at me? Don't act like this ain't never happened to you. Amen. Huh? It, it, it starts losing. And all of a sudden, uh, so, so when you spend time and you pay attention on spiritual things, then the spiritual things starts becoming treasurably valuable to you. And where your treasure is, that's where your heart is also. What I'm trying to teach you is you can't go into this new year and say, you know what, I'm going to be more spiritual this year. That's a good idea. I'm going to fast this year. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get more in my word this year. Amen. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get closer to Jesus. That is a good idea. But Jesus said, amen, if your eye's not single, if you don't curb your feelings, oh, come on now, this ain't no get-rich-quick scheme. Are you listening? If you don't curb your appetites, if you don't rein them in, that's, that's equivalent to putting a bridle in a horse's mouth. Uh, and I don't, I don't just let that horse go where it wants to go. I curb it to where I want it to go. So if I want to be passionate about spiritual things, I have to intensely interest myself in the things of God. Amen? Uh, I mean, we can sit in church and get a great idea. That's what I'm going to do. New Year's resolution. That's going to be a new me. Tyler, I'm turning over a new leaf. Amen? And, and, and resolutions last about 20 days, two weeks, two months. Amen? Simply because we tried to maintain a good idea on the basis of an idea rather than raising the value of that idea so my heart started following it. I'm telling you, majority of Christians are making themselves come to church. We're making ourselves pray. We make ourselves study. We make us do all the right things because it's all a good idea. But if we would put the right interest into it, if we would invest into it properly, our heart would begin, as you invest in it, the value of it begins to rise. And all of a sudden, your heart starts pursuing what your mind thought of. Am I making sense to anybody? No wonder Dr. Simmons put it this way. Your heart, this is that scripture, your heart will always pursue what you value as your treasure. It's just automatic. So here's a good time just to do a self-check. No judgmentalism from anybody else. Amen. You can tell what you've put the most value on by what your heart pursues the hardest. No matter what the preacher's saying, no matter what the, 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 the church's doctrine is, just think in your life right now, what do you spend more time on, you pay more attention to, you spend more money on, you invest in more than anything else in your life. Amen. Whatever it is, it has a value. 
that your heart just goes for. Right? It just pursues it. We got Christianity all wrong. We're trying to teach people to think uh, 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 about prayer is a good idea and even fasting. And we are even engage in the activity, but we don't understand the value of it. So it's really religiosity and not Christianity. Are you listening to? There's no relationship in it whatsoever. So we continually failing. Am I helping anybody? We're just continually failing. I stopped this morning on the first Sunday of this new year to teach us we can solve this problem by being single-minded. By curbing. But here's the deal. You can't step into success and let your mind keep running where it ran last year. You, you can't step into prosperity. Amen. I would love just to give you a prophetic word and say this is going to be a year of addition, success, and prosperity. Amen. And it would have, could have proved to be a lie in your life. But it cannot prove to be a lie if I refocus my attention and I, I curb my appetites and I curb my thinking and I curb my programs. I'm watching 10, 11, 2 hours a day. Oh, I'm going to have to preach and applaud myself today. And so when Jesus, so, so he went from shift your priorities first. Quit laying up treasures on earth. In other words, quit putting so much value. And this is the most extreme, radical passage in the scriptures, if you ask me. And it came right out of the mouth of Jesus. To me, shifting my priorities would be cutting out a little TV. But Jesus is fisting to tell you, don't even be concerned about what you're eating or drinking or wearing. This is radical. Preachers don't preach this stuff no more. Amen. So Jesus went straight from talking about focus and having double vision to 6 and 24. Josh, if you'll give me that. Are y'all still with me? Y'all getting anything out of this? Let me tell you before I read this scripture. Your good ideals will depress you if your heart don't follow them. Your good ideas turn into condemnation if your heart don't unite with them. Can somebody wave at you? You know what I'm talking about? Huh? Halfway through the first year and I'm done depressed because I had such a good idea and I had good intentions. Let's put it like that. Good intentions, amen, that you never curb feelings and put enough investment in that your heart starts falling, turns into condemnation in my life and we don't know why we fail. The devil is a lie. We're going to help you be successful. Look what he went into. 6 and 24. Remember we're talking about being double, having double vision? Now look at what Jesus said. No man can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. You cannot serve two different realms. You can have two cars. You can have two houses. <laughs> I started to play with you, but I ain't going to. We got visitors. <laughs> you can have two cars. You can have two houses. You can have two jobs. You can have two dogs. You can have two cats. Amen. But you can't have two masters. You can't have two masters. Why? Because Jesus called them masters, and he's talking about two realms. 
a godly realm and an earthly realm. He said, you, you can't have two masters. He said, you cannot be fully focused on two realms at one time. In other words, you cannot put equal value on two realms at the same time. That's cross-eyed. That's what being cross-eyed means. I'm trying to look in two different directions. I'm trying to look in two different ways. So, so it's impossible in the natural. You ever notice watching TV, when the camera's focused on one thing, everything else is blurry. And when it changes focus to another thing, the thing that was clear becomes blurry. Even in, what's the word I'm looking for? Technology, photography, or whatever. Even in that realm... A camera can't focus on two things at one time. So Jesus is saying, your double vision is killing you. Your, your, your double vision is robbing you of success and prosperity. He said, two priorities cannot share the same position. So he said, I'm, 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 I'm pleading with you. Quit laying up treasures on earthly things. Quit putting all your value on material stuff and shift your value system to put it on things that are spiritual. Let me tell you what. This message needs to be preached in the American church. Amen. And I believe if a man don't work, he should not eat. That's the Bible. Amen. I believe a man don't work is worse off than an infidel and will not provide for his family. The Bible. That's all Bible. Amen. But there is a, 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 a terrible, uh, uh, there is an extreme focus that needs to come back in our lives when our whole focus is on making money. Our whole focus on providing for our family. I don't have a problem with that. And we're finna try to shift priorities, amen. But I do have a problem when we get so focused on all of our material stuff and we lose focus on the spiritual well-being of that same family. They may have clothes, they may have shoes, they may have nice cards. All you teenagers may have their little cell phones and all of that. But their souls are going to hell. Oh, I'm just going to try to be real as I can. Amen. I tell you what, I'm just going to say, Jesus said, I need you to shift your priorities. Amen. To be more concerned of, I got to go make another dollar. I got to make, a, I got to make sure they drive this, wear this, Jordans or whatever kind of tennis shoes they wear nowadays. I don't know. Cost $150. They got to make sure we're in with the crowd. Amen. And never take one minute to kneel beside a bed with the same child that you put them high dollar tennis shoes on and pray with them and talk to them about Jesus. Just, you got to shift your priorities, he said, amen. And, 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 and it's making money. I'm not demonizing making the money. Matter of fact, Jesus is going to put it in the right perspective, amen. He said, but I just, you just got to focus. You got to get your focus back in the right direction. Let's, let's take it just a little deeper. He said, because you can't serve two masters. You can't serve God and a materialistic mindset. Isn't it amazing that he called them masters? He equivalated, he, did that work? He equivalated materialistic as superior as he is in your life. I'm just preaching the word. 
Not that it's nowhere near it, but he said there's only two masters you can serve. There's no neutral ground, in other words. You don't get to cop out and say, I'm not serving anything. He said, because there is an entity that's going to govern your actions, your time spent, your money spent. He said, and it's either me or some materialistic world that we're living in. One of them is controlling you. And they govern how much time you spend with your family. They govern how much time, are you listening to me? You spend in prayer or not in prayer. They govern our life. And you can tell which one is your really, really your God. You, you, you can tell if mammon is one of your gods is when he gets really injured and you go into depression. I, I, I got to work this this morning. Happy New Year, y'all. You can tell that really you didn't have the joy of the Lord if my money went down and my joy went with it. He said you only, there's only two masters and you can't serve both of them and you can't focus on them. So a lot of times I think I have faith and I think I have the joy of the Lord and I just think I'm doing good. But really it's just because my materialistic God is still on his throne. But when he gets knocked off his throne and I miss a paycheck, uh, amen, or some unexpected thing comes in and zouts my checking account and all of a sudden I'm in total, deep, dark oppression, amen, it's the first signal that I was worshiping the wrong God. Oh my God, I'm getting scared now. Shake your neighbor and tell him you can only serve one master. He said, we, we got to refocus. And so, because he, look, here's what, here's what happens. Two priorities cannot share the same throne. That's what he said. He said, you can't have two masters. You got to redirect your feelings and emotions and establish them on one or the other. Ain't Jesus bad? I just flat out told you to focus on Jesus. He said, take your pick. Take your, he said, because you're going to follow one of them. He said, because when you try to follow two of them, look what happens. Boy, Jesus is working this text. He said, when you try to govern your life like this, serving two masters, you begin to, the scripture said, hate the one and love the other. Or else you'll hold to the one and you'll despise the other. Despise means to disesteem or to think down on or to lower the opinion of. In other words, when you have double vision, one of them is going to lose its value and the other one is going to become superior. Oh my God. I just ain't got time for church, Pastor. I work. I understand, and y'all got to get the spirit of this sermon, not just the, I understand schedules. We got schedules. You ought to work. Shame on you if you don't work. But today we need to do a refocus. Huh? We just need to do a refocus. Has my, my, my work become my God? Has, 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 do I put more value on a few extra hours than being in a home Bible class? If you have the privilege to making that choice, some of you work schedule, you don't have the privilege of making that choice. Are you following me? 
Huh? Where, where is Because it's a good idea, and I have fooled myself all last year over my good ideas. I, I rode all last year on a good idea. Well, I wanted to be there. I intended to be there. Amen. And all that was was a good idea. But because we didn't put value on the idea, I was absent. Oh, that's good preacher, pastor. That's just good teaching. So I can't guarantee you spiritual success, prosperity, and addition, Joshua, if you don't focus your entire meditation on what my perfect will is. He said, then you're going to make yourself prosperous and you're going to make yourself successful. He said, he said when you have double vision, you'll start despising one. You'll know when you got double vision because you devalue your spiritual devotion. Boy, I'm telling you, we just, we just meddling today, ain't we? And you can tell how valuable your personal devotion is by how much time you spend on it and how much attention you pay to it. Are y'all catching these emphasized words? And, and we're showing up on a Sunday morning, going through a r- r- religious calisthenic, amen, because we value a Sunday morning service over a Monday morning relationship. And, and because there's no value on it, you know, anything, I'll sell out to anything. Huh? If I, there's no value in my devotion to Christ, the devil can... I'll, I'll just trade it for anything. I'll trade it for another hour of TV. I'll trade it for another two hours on Facebook. Y'all sure are quiet. I didn't expect you to be shouting, but you can at least smile. Isn't this good stuff? Amen. So he said, I need you to, don't, don't wait on your affections to take a flip. I need you to set your affections. He said, lay not up for yourselves treasures, but lay them up. In other words, I can't accumulate treasures in the spirit realm that I didn't put up there. I, I, I can't accumulate spiritual strength that I didn't pay into. That I didn't spend some time on. Amen. If Sunday morning is your source of spiritual strength, no wonder you're not walking in addition and success and prosperity in the things of the spirit. I didn't know this was going to be this heavy, but it's heavy, ain't it? Why? He said, if you're double vision, one of them's going to, you're going to start despising it. You, if you got double vision, you'll start lowering the value on a good, healthy, how do, how do I put it? Good, healthy study life. He said, your Bible starts losing its value. Y'all ain't saying nothing, but I'm preaching and teaching a whole lot of people in this church right now to where this thing has lost its value. I'm telling you, there is a famine. He said in the last days, there were coming a famine in the land. Oh, not a famine of food because America is abundant, but there's going to become a famine of this right here, a word of, the, word of God. And it's simply because this Bible, amen, has lost its value in the American home. It's lost its value in the American home. So uh, if it is read, it's read from it's a good idea to read it 
rather than curbing my affections and focusing intensely on this thing until the value starts coming up. And you'll know when the value starts coming up simply because everything else in the natural realm starts losing value. That thing that was so important you had to do, oh, we'll get it later. I want to spend time with Jesus. Come on now, I know this ain't shouting, but is this real or what? So I'm telling you, next year is in your hands, and it's where you put your focus, and it's how you establish your priorities. So we're challenging you for 21 days. Matter of fact, God is so big and bold, He said, prove me. Ain't He bad? He said, I just double dog dare you. Try me. Try me. I don't know what double dog dare means. But I double dog dare live church. For 21 days, quit laying up treasures on earth and start laying them up in another realm. I challenge you for 21 days to curb your feelings, your emotions, your radio station, your TV stations, your, your Facebook, whatever that stuff is. I challenge you to begin to curb it. Turn your attention away from it. Amen. And you'll know how big that God is by how bad it hurts you when you leave him. Come on, come on, don't laugh at me, help me. Yeah, 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 you'll know, you'll know, you'll know how, how valuable that God was to you. I remember our first 21-day Daniel fast, Renee quit Coke. She was a secret Coke smoker. <laughs> Renee Cubitt I'm talking about, y'all. Yeah, you'll laugh when you know what I'm talking about. Amen. She, <laughs> Coca-Cola. Because you can't drink Cokes and soft drinks and all that. Amen. You remember that, Renee? Brand new Christian. Just came in. She literally went through withdrawals. Y'all, I ain't kidding. She was sick. She had migraine headache. She threw up and vomited. Amen. She didn't know the value that her five senses put on something until she quit it. So, so this is another reason New Year's resolutions don't work, amen, if your heart don't follow it because it hurts when you forsake other gods. Oh, I'm going to say that again. If they was really your Lord and they controlled your psyche, they controlled how you thought, they controlled your money, they controlled your time, when you start quitting them, there is a divorce that hurts. Somebody high five your neighbor tell them it's time to refocus. It's time to refocus. Huh? Now, for, for a lot of you, you're going to stay right where you are, and that's your business. But I'm a pastor, and it's my job, amen, to push you, prod you, kick you in the... It's your soul that I got to watch out for. Amen. So it ain't no good no good to get up here and prophesy, oh, you're going to be sex successful and you're going to be prosperous and addition is coming into your life. Amen. No, every bit of that, Joshua, is going to based on your ability to turn your focus to things of the Spirit. Oh, my God. Help me, Holy Ghost. He said, and if you don't, if you try to stay where, that's why, that's why so many churches are unhappy. Don't you just hate unhappy churches? I just ain't going to an unhappy church. Huh? I didn't go to unhappy parties. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I didn't, brother. And I, I didn't. If it was dead, I left. <laughs> so if the church is dead, I'm leaving. 
(laughs) But most churches are dead. There's no life in them. There's more drama in them than there is in the watermark. That's our local beer joint. Amen. Are you listening to me? And, 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 and there's no difference. Simply because we're following a bunch of rules that are good ideas and we've never invested in them enough to raise the value of them enough that my heart started pursuing what my mind thought of. Oh my God, are y'all getting this? He said, your destiny is in your hands. I'm going to show you something before I close this. He said, but you're so unhappy because you cross-eyed. God, that hurts. (laughs) You're cross-eyed. You're trying to look at two different gods. You're focused on two different realms. And, And it wouldn't be bad to live in this realm with one focus. Oh, no, no, we got to do that. We got to live in this earth and we got to make money and we, right? We got to make a living. We got to do, amen. And that's fine. We're in this world, but we're not of it. But we got to learn how to refocus. And though I'm on my job, my focus is on Christ. My focus is on his perfect will. We're going to go through that. He said, because if I, he said, no man can serve two masters. You can't serve God and mammon. He said, when you're trying, you'll get plumb disgruntled with your devotion. Who am I talking to? Wake up, Scott. <laughs> yeah, praise God. Get plumb mad because I got to go pray. <laughs> God, this is too real. Huh? Did I hit it for you? Thank you for being real. Huh? I've got to go pray. And honestly, I am praying because I know it's a good idea. <laughs> My heart's not in it, but it's a good idea. Huh? Kids, get up. It's Sunday morning. Get dressed. We're going to church. Huh? My God, y'all ain't helping me none. Somebody say refocus. We're going to church. Fight all the way to the church. Mad. You mad at him and he's mad at you. Why? No reason. You just didn't want to go where you're going. Uh, I just don't really want to be there, but it's a good idea, and I know I'm supposed to be there, and so I'm going to go. Amen. But while you're here, your heart's on deer stand. Can I help you right now? Next Sunday, don't come. Follow your heart. You can't live without your heart. (laughs) Oh, no pastor's going to give you this permission. Amen. Don't come up here and muddy up the waters with your bad attitude. Go sing worship songs on your deer stand. Go to hell doing it, but I'll talk about that later. Amen. Uh, But at least you're happy. Eat, drink, for tomorrow we die. God, I'm preaching better than you shouting. Amen. Amen. If if you're mad at us because you had to come to church, go get your bass boat out and go fishing. Amen. Somebody told me, Pastor, I won't be by my my spirit will. Don't send your spirit, please. (laughs) I can't make it, but my spirit's going to be with you. I don't want that nasty spirit. Take it wherever you're going. My God, I'm trying to help this church starting off this new year. Are you following me? Amen. I'm going to preach like Jesus today. I'm preaching his sermon, matter of fact. You know what he said? He said, I'd rather you be focused or unfocused. If you're in between, you're sick. You make me sick. Uh, let me put it in scriptural. I'd rather you be hot or cold because if you're lukewarm, I'm going to vomit. Huh? Amen. I wonder how much worship exalts God and how much makes him sick. This is getting out of hand, ain't it? Uh, 
Why? Because you're sitting here fulfilling a religious obligation and duty when your heart's running around with some other God. He said, you can't operate like this. You can't serve two masters because you despise one. And we start despising Christianity. I have literally got a word from God. I'm going to blame this on God. To tell an individual, you need to get away from the church. Because you're operating in leadership. Your heart's not in it. Your, your heart's out there running rampant and doing other things. Amen. Uh, but you put your body in, 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 in church, and so you're miserable all the time. I literally had the word to say, you would be happier if you'd go run where your heart's running. Oh, y'all don't know how to take that one. Because God said, if your heart's on fire, I can use you. And if it's cold, I can convict you. But you're cross-eyed. So I can't do nothing with you. Somebody help me just a little bit. I'm going to end this sermon. I can't do nothing. Well, you're just setting up there in church with a good idea. Let's finish this. I need to help somebody right now that your devotional life has become a burden to you. Your, your devotional, it's because you need to refocus. It's because you're doing it a little because it's a good idea and you're not setting your affections on it and paying the dividends. You're not making the right investment. Because when you do, it starts, it starts raising the appraisal on it. And then your heart starts pursuing after it. A lot of people sitting in churches cannot understand why some of y'all will come back tonight. They cannot understand why you'll be here Monday night. I don't know if we announced that. Monday night, all of us studying. Joshua, we're going to come together and talk about it Monday night. A lot of people cannot even relate to you coming to an extra prayer meeting or an extra Bible study. Amen. It's because it's two different value systems. Two different value systems. Let's go a little further so we're not late. We're going to close out with a special housekeeping announcement. I need you to stay with me. So when he's saying... You, you, you can't serve two masters. That was our last scripture. No man can serve two masters. You're going to hate the one and love the other. He said in verse 25, take me there, sound man. He said, therefore, based on you can't serve two masters, he said, take no thought for your life. Now, that's just radical. Pastor, you're telling me don't worry about what I'm going to eat? No, I'm not. Jesus is. I'm going to stick to the text. Therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, your body, what you're going to put on. He said, is not the life more than meat and raiment? Let's run through some scriptures and close it. Behold, the fowls of the air, they don't sow, they don't reap, neither do they gather into barns, but your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much better than they? God spoke to me out of this text and says, my people live like they have no father. I just started praying against an orphan spirit. My people live like if they don't do it and make it happen, it don't happen. He said, my people don't live no more with putting me as their heavenly father first and then living life every day like I have a father. I don't know if y'all hearing me. I have a father and he's going to make a way. He's going to open doors for me. I got to hurry now. I'm, I'm done past my time. So look at um, 27, Josh. Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? 
that says take thought, but it means worry, what you set your focus on. And why take thought for clothes? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And I say unto you that even Solomon in all of his glory was it clothed like the flowers out in your yard. Wherefore, if God clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, he said, shall not God much more clothe you? And then he said, O ye of little faith. Jesus connects worry with little faith. He said, you're looking in two different dimensions. O ye of little faith. 31. Therefore, take no thought saying, what are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? Or wherewith shall we be clothed? I've heard all kind of sermons that skirted around this commandment. I've heard the American dream try to struggle and cough through this concept. And the American dream has to bow at the words of Jesus. It has to bow at the words of Jesus which says, don't worry about it. Don't, don't let that be your focus that that's what you're running after all the time. You're acting like you're an orphan. He said, you're living like you don't have a heavenly father. So if you're going to do all the running and worrying, I can't father you. I can't provide for you. I can't open doors for you because you're so busy kicking doors open. But here's, here's the climax of this sermon. Matthew 6, 32. He said, for all this stuff I'm talking about, this is the way sinners live. This is the way people live who don't have a heavenly father. We are sucked up in the vacuum of living like those with no heavenly father. Of putting our jobs before God. Putting our, what we value. I just don't want to use jobs because some of you, wealth ain't necessarily legal tender or a job. It's your culture. It's your mindset. You can be living on a government check every way, but that's, that's, that's your wealth. That's your value. He said, all of these things is what the Gentiles seek after. Those, those people that don't have a heavenly father. He said, for your heavenly father knows that you have need of all these things. This changed my prayer life before I give you the crescendo. I quit praying about what I was going to eat. I quit praying about how I was going to clothe my family. I quit. I quit because he just said, don't you know your father already knows that? So I quit spending time telling the father the stuff I thought I needed because when I raised my kids, they never had to come tell me Daddy, we need groceries in the cabinet. I would have been insulted if they was always running around the house saying, oh my God, I don't know if we're going to eat. I don't know, I don't know if Daddy's going to provide. I no, 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 because they had a father and they knew that there was going to be food in the cabinets. They knew there was going to be clothes in their closet. They knew they were going to get shoes. It wasn't Michael Jordan's, but they got some tennis shoes. Them Converse's work real good. 
Are you following me? But then after he laid all of that out, he just gives us the greatest promise in the world. Verse 33. But seek ye the kingdom of God and whose righteousness? Oh, I need to teach on that for you to quit seeking after your righteousness. Because yours is either deflated or overinflated. One of the two. He said, but, 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 but now that I've talked about you quit focusing on all this realm, the natural realm, your vehicles, your houses, your cars, your clothes, your stuff. And he said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And somebody read it with me out loud. How many things? How many things? See, you're chasing the wrong thing because you're worshiping the wrong God. He said, if I'll just refocus, brother, if I'll just reshift my focus, he said, I will make sure every one of these things is added to you. I'm going to tell you, I'm 54 years old, been preaching since I was 26 years old, so I've been saved that long, ever how long that is. I started preaching two years after I got saved. And I have lived my life by this scripture. I put the kingdom of God first in my life. What's that mean, preacher? What's it mean? Seek means to endeavor, require, inquire, to gain by any means. The kingdom of God. Seek ye first the realm where God is supreme ruler. That's what that means. To seek the realm that God is supreme ruler, meaning he makes all the decisions. He said, if you'll do this, I've been in this thing that long. And I have never begged for bread. And I've never went naked. Are you listening to me? And I never begged God. For a job, and I never begged him to make sure my family was safe. I sought the kingdom of God. Even when y'all heard my testimony when I got down, and we just had a little bit of milk. Y'all heard that over and over, you know? We just had a little bit. And because me and Patty put God first, he would flip it before I would run out. He would flip it for me right before I run out. He wouldn't make a way. He said, so this year, if you'll go into it, seeking the kingdom of God, meaning, meaning the realm where God is supreme ruler, supreme re ruler, amen, and all my decisions or actions are governed by that king. That's seeking the kingdom. And point number two, and I'm out of here, and then seek what? His righteousness. That, word, that means to endeavor to do everything you can possibly do that you're walking in the very character and nature of the God you serve. Not your, not your Baptist background, not your Pentecostal background, not your denominal background, not your own standard of holiness. He said, no, I'm seeking after the pure holiness of God. And he said, when you get these priorities right, addition's going to start coming into your life. So I bring the close of this all the way back around to my prophetic word. This year is going to be a year of addition, prosperity, and success based on where you set your priorities.
Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org.